Okay, we're welcoming on a very special guest, host of the Overstated NBA show, Brett Ashel. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on. Been been looking forward to this. Yeah, the, the, I dragged you on to do a Chicago Bulls preview. Um, I've kind of, most people probably know you kind of, I feel like you kind of have a rooting interest in almost every team in the NBA, whether it's a player or playing style or whatever the case may be. I feel like the board might be kind of high on in that hierarchy. Where do you think the board rank in your hierarchy of your favorite teams? Definitely top half. Um, probably top last year for sure. Top third. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say top top third. So like top ten. Yeah, yeah. It kind yeah, of year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it, when they got Levine, that was really, uh, I took a lot more interest in them then just because he had been one of my favorite individual players, you know, going back to college. And when the Bulls got him, I, I got real excited to see him just in a new situation. He was coming off that injury, like coming out of Minnesota. It's like, okay, let's see. And and he's, he's lived up to my expectations. He's been awesome. And then, uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been I'd say I'm more interested in them than than most other teams for sure. And like all the Jordan stuff too, you know, like I, I was a kid in the nineties, like during the Jordan years. Um, so I've always, the bulls are cool. I've got bulls gear still to this day. I've got a Bulls starter jacket. Like the bulls are just cool. They've yeah. got a little extra, um, a little extra appeal, I would say. And some yeah. of that's, some of that's for sure uh, can be, can be traced back to MJ. Yeah. Maybe I'm biased, but I do feel like we have some of the bad Jordies. I have a Zach Levine Jordy. I think it's a, the statement oh, edition, yeah. maybe. I love those. Um, yeah. The, yeah, he, I'm, I'm a big Levine guy, as anyone in the group knows. Uh, I would defend him against anyone. Um, the, so let's start out. The Last night, we kind of had some news coming out of the preseason finale that it seemed like Io is going to be the starting point guard for opening night. This has kind of been a big talking point with Lando being injured, who don't kind of fail to avoid the – they kind of shine Dragas, and it seemed like it was kind of between Io, Dragas, maybe Caruso for the starting point guard spot. Io seemed to, he started every game in the preseason and played well, so they don't stay with it. Uh, what do you think about that? I think he was the right choice. It's funny. We, like, I've been recording, just record, finished recording a two part episode with uh, Draft Deeper and Nathan Grubel. And we were, we did our Eastern Conference preview um, yesterday. So, Tuesday. And it, that was right before I think the news came out that, or maybe it came out while we were recording that Billy Donovan said he was going to go with Io. And when we were talking about the Bulls, that's exactly what I said is that I think Io is the right guy for the job. Like, if you're looking at whether it's going to be Caruso or, Dragic or like Kobe White like it's Io makes the most sense to me like I think he can uh, replicate a lot of what Lonzo did um, and I just think he's earned the opportunity with how well he played as a rookie and how good he's looked in the preseason like I think he goes a long way towards softening the blow of losing Lonzo Ball so yeah I, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that like that was I'm, you know, we'll, we, we'll get more into it, I'm sure, over the course of the episode. But the Bulls, I'm looking for optimism with the Bulls right now. Like, it's, it's, I'll admit it's been fading, you know, gradually. And the Lonzo thing was a big part of that. And hearing that, okay, Io, like, I think he can handle the starting duties pretty well. So, yeah, I was very happy to hear that. He's, he's an awesome player. Yeah. Yeah. The, my optimism, it kind of depends on the day. Um, definitely. <laughs> the, um, the Io, I think he is the white pick. Initially, I kind of thought it should be Caruso. Um, 
just because the defense, I feel like we kind of need the defense in now. But um, I think Billy Donovan made a good point that Caruso off the bench would really working well last year. And I think the sticking with that and kind of, kind of, Caruso kind of comes in at that like six minute mark of the fourth quarter and like a jolt of energy. And it does, I feel like the board sometimes kind of needed that jolt of energy to be kind of get off the liver, slow start, Caruso, then come in and kind of ramp them up a little bit. And I do think Caruso will probably, it don't be like their main clothing group still. Um, mm-hmm. One lineup that I did want to get your thought on, last year the Lando, Levine, DeWoden, Caruso, Vucevic lineup was so special for the team and really compliment each other. I didn't see this lineup at all in the preseason, but I'm kind of curious if we put Io in for Lando there and won those five guys. I think that might be our clothing lineup to start the season. I didn't, like I said, I didn't play it all in the preseason, I believe. But do you think that lineup could kind of capture some of the magic that that lineup with Lando had last season? So that was, you're saying Io, Caruso, DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, I guess DeRozan's kind of like the small ball four in that lineup yeah. or the small four, I guess not really a small ball lineup with Vooch, but yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think that could be great. Like, I mean, so much of what made them good was that, that backcourt of Caruso and Lonzo and the defense and the way that they could create transition opportunities. And just that point of attack defense was so good and like sort of um, masked uh, some of the rim protection flaws that they had. Like they almost protected the rim on the perimeter by not letting guys, you know, get in so easily. Like that's, that's rim protections, not just, you know, blocking shots at the rim. Um, And so, yeah, if I think if Io can, you know, he's not the defender that Lonzo is, but he's, he's a good defender. And, um, and I think that might be enough, you know, when you pair him with Caruso where they could really uh, wreak some havoc. And then on the other end, man, like that lineup is lights out when you have DeRozan at the four with, with Levine and Vooch, if he's shooting the ball well, which is something else we can get into. But, um, but if they're all playing at their best, then yeah, that's a killer lineup, I think on, on offense for sure. And, and if those guards can, approximate roughly what what Lonzo and Caruso did last season then I think they'll be um they'll be they'll be good they'll force turnovers you know they're not I wouldn't say they're like an all-around strong defensive lineup but I think they'd end up with a pretty good you know net rating because I think they outscore teams by a lot and and force a lot of turnovers because the Bulls are like they don't have a, a very high frequency of transition but like they score a lot of points like per possession in transition so I think there's a lot of untapped potential and you know if I looked at the stats from when Lonzo and Caruso were healthy the transition numbers are probably way up um and then toward the end of the season when those guys were hurt it probably slowed down and evened out to be not a lot but I think that could be a strength of this team for sure um I think they're built to run Vucevic might not be that guy but between you know Io Caruso uh Levine DeRozan like those guys can fly and I think that's something I'd like to see more of uh, from this team this season and maybe you know maybe play some small ball lineups with pat williams at the center he looks huge did you notice that like I-, I was watching the game um the other night where he had 22 we finally had a had a good game and uh god he looks like he's gotten even bigger and yeah. like enough to where i don't know maybe we could see some of that too yeah i definitely want to see patrick williams play some channel um we can kind of jump to him now i know he's kind of one of the young guys that you like to follow um so he, the first preseason game, he did start and he, the whole starting lineup, the first 
preseason game didn't look very good. And then they kind of switched it up the second game and played Devontae Green with the starter. And that seemed to work better. Um, I think the board are in kind of an interesting spot with Patrick Williams. I think he is kind of – I do like his potential. I think he is kind of a project, though, and the board are kind of win now. So I think they have to kind of walk the tightrope a little bit of giving him opportunity to develop but also win games. I think there might be a game here and there where they might compromise one for the other in a sense. But uh, what do you think about Patrick Williams – what kind of are your expectations for him for this year? Are you kind of discouraged by the fact that he might not be the starter opening night? Uh, what do you think about that whole situation? Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Just to and, and it's not like they outright said he's not going to be the starter. And even that one quote about Billy Donovan, what Billy Donovan said about how Patrick Williams is not that guy, like that was taken completely out of context. Um, he wasn't saying like he's not who he thought he was or anything like that, or he's not who he drafted him to be. It's, I got the sense that he was saying like, he's not going to be mad about coming off the bench in a preseason game where we're trying to find the best lineups, which yeah. is totally fine. But that said, it was still a little disappointing just to know that he's maybe not a hundred percent locked in as the starter, because I've always seen him as the biggest X factor for this bulls team, this coming season. Like, the difference between them being like the ninth or 10th seed, or maybe being like the fifth or sixth seed, you know, however you want to parse that out, like the difference between those spots could be a jump from Patrick Williams. Um, and like, I see no reason why he can't make that jump. Now, to be fair, the only preseason game I've watched was the one where he, he played well. I didn't see the the other. I think it was two. Have they played three total so far? I believe um, I just saw the one where he scored 22. But like, you know, it looked like he did when he came back last season. But he, he's he's a project, but like he's big enough and strong enough and like forceful enough where he's not like he's getting bullied out there. And like, we know he can shoot the three well. And like, beyond that, what are you really asking him to do? Like, I think he's got some upside as a shot creator, but he's not, how much of that does he really have to do when he's playing alongside guys like Levine and, and DeRozan? So like, I think in what they need from him, feel like he should still be should be able to do that at a pretty high level and then anything he does on top of that would would represent the the jump I'm I'm kind of talking about where um but yeah it was it was a little bit discouraging just because it's it it's it kind of sounded like it's a bit of a position battle and to Javante Green's credit he's been playing really well and he fits really well with those with that starting group I think um and and Billy Donovan's definitely going to do what's best in terms of the lineup so he doesn't Oh, Patrick Williams, that starting spot. Um, I was hoping that that would work out. I still think that's what it'll be. Um, but either way, you've got an awesome forward coming off the bench, whether that's Javante or Patrick Williams. I think Javante's kind of emergence and solidifying himself as a an important player for this team is is big. You know, when you look at their depth, because they've got a fair amount of guard depth. It's more like up front where you're kind of like, okay, who's okay? We've got Derek Jones Jr. We've got so. Now you factor Javante in there. I think you've got a pretty decent group of forwards. And overall, you know, your depth might not be as much of a concern as I previously thought. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's interesting about Patrick Williams is I feel like right now he is much more comfortable when he has the ball. And I think, like, if they could get him to kind of be that, like, star war player where he – catching and shooting three and kind of cutting off guys 
And he was kind of doing that in the last preseason game. He, he, got, he cut a few times and got some nice yeah. passes for dunks. And I think he could do that. He'll fit really well with the starter. But he kind of said it himself when he got asked about it when he'd playing with DeWoden and Levine. His, like, natural mindset to, like, give him the ball and get out of the way. Well, when he's playing with the bench lineup, he can kind of handle the ball a lot more and he's kind of more comfortable with that. So I do think potentially that him even coming off the bench could be better for him because he could kind of be like the second or even the primary guy in some of those lineups. And Devontae, like you said, Devontae fits really well with the starters. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. So it does. Kind of, kind of speaking of the big three who the board are kind of trying to fit everyone around. The, let's start with Levine, who is coming off a match contract. Um, you said you the one board's preseason game you watched, he didn't play in. Um, he didn't no, play but I did see I did see highlights, though, because he looked good. Like, he was moving better than he was last season, for sure. Yeah. I did yeah. see the highlights. Yeah. yeah. He had had some pretty good moments in the preseason. He had had some kind of I think he is still kind of rusty. He said that he that he had surgery on his knee right after the season ended, so he didn't play any five-on-five five until training camp. And I think that one thing I'm a little concerned about, but I think he's only kind of playing his way into shape a little bit more um, mm-hmm. as the season goes on. Um, what do you expect from Levine this year? I mean, it's funny. Like I don't want to say bounce back because he had a great season last year. It's so funny. He was just so good the year before that like last season felt like a letdown, but he still was, you know, scoring at a high level on incredible efficiency um, while having to adjust to playing with DeMar DeRozan. Like, I think he deserves a lot of credit for last season. It's kind of like slept on season because he was just so brilliant the year before, but I think he'll probably be somewhere in between. I think he'll be a little better than he was last season. Um, Again, just, you know, he was hurt. Like, you know, he was playing hurt for a lot of last season and, and you could really start to see it, you know, in the second half of the year, like he, and so I think, like I said, already from what I've seen of him in preseason, it looks like he's moving a little better. Maybe the conditioning's not there, but just as far as like his, he's kind of got a little more of that bounce back, it looks like. And that's only going to get better as the season goes on. So I think we'll see a better version of him. I think he could emerge, reemerge as their number one. Um, you know, DeMar was that guy last year for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if that shifted. DeMar's still going to be brilliant, I think, but he's getting a little bit older. Um, and, uh, and I think Levine's going to be a little healthier and they've had a year playing together where they're always going to be like a one, a one B, whatever order you want to put it in. But I think we'll see, a, I think we'll see an at least slightly better Levine, but even if he's the guy he was last year, that's still a pretty damn good player. But like, you know, if we're talking about this bulls, maybe making a deep playoff run or like, you know, finishing in the top four or five in the East, like potentially, then they're going to need him to be at his very best. And I don't think he was quite at his very best last year, even though he was still, still really good. Yeah. The, he tweaked his knee in January against the Warriors. I would actually at that game when he tweaked his knee. It would actually the same game Lonzo got hurt too. So it was kind of a bad game. But the, um, before that game, you had Aberdeen 20 hits, five and five, and he had the 50 40 shooting spreads from field goal and three-point percentage. And then from that point on, he his numbers still were kind of like all-star level. I think he was like 24, 4, and 4, but his shooting kind of fell off yeah. a little bit. And 
I think if he could just play like he did before he got hurt the entire season, that would go a long way. And everyone, we can talk about DeWode and Nash, everyone kind of talking about him probably not going to be as good as he was last year. I think Levine could kind of make up for that in a way where like DeWode could be a little worse, but then Levine a little better and it kind of canceled each other out a little bit. Um, kind yeah, of going I mean, like DeRozan, it's like, it's almost, it's not even that he's like necessarily going to decline physically or anything. Like there's no real reason to think that he's not that old by any, he's what 32, 33, maybe. Um, and he's, he takes such great care of himself. There's no reason to think that he won't be the same physically. It's almost just like, it would be really hard to play that well in back-to-back seasons. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 24 or going to 25. Like it's, it's just hard. Like he was brilliant, man. He looked like Jordan at times out there. It was crazy how good he was last season. So it's just like, it's just, I don't care who you are. It's really hard to follow up a season at that level. Um, what did he make all NBA second? He was second team all NBA. But he was first team caliber. Like he was in borderline MVP discussion. Like he was a top tier player last season. So it's like, it's not even like a discredit to him. If he doesn't play that well, it's just like, it's almost impossible to play that well twice in a row. So it's hard not to expect like a little bit of regression, but like you said, that's maybe where Levine can be a little bit better than he was. And if his knee's good, his shooting will be better. And that's uh, something that the bulls need is shooting. And yeah, he's their best player. He's not like some three point specialist, but like he's, his shooting is very valuable to that team. Like he needs to be shooting 40% from three at, at a high volume. If he does that, then you know, they look a lot better. Yeah. Um, the world didn't had looked really good in the preseason so far, like in mid-range still money. There was one game where he only played like the fourth half, but he still got to 20 points and was balling out. Um, I do think, I think especially at this stage of his career, his game is a lot more focused on skill than athleticism. Like mm. he really must just like get to my spot, wide up and hit it. He does have some decadental big dunk, but he's not like old school Toronto DeMar DeRozan where he does living off getting to the win. So I do he think – plays like Jordan, like 98 Jordan. Yeah. Like if you look at like 34, 35-year-old Jordan, like he's not Jordan, but he that's the type of game he has, and that's the type of adjustment he's made going to a more skill, strength-oriented game. Just it's unguardable in the mid-range. It's, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um... So I do think he'll take a little bit of a step back, like you're saying. It's probably just impossible for him to play at that level again. But I do still think he'll be, like, an all-star. I don't think he doesn't, like, totally drop off. Oh, um, kind, of, kind of moving on to Vucevic. Um, I know at times you haven't been the bit Vucevic fan. Um, I'm kind of – I think even the Paul Bold fans go, I'm kind of high on him the most. I think his just passing and his pacing is – very valuable to the boards. Um, I think, especially with DeRozan in the mid lane, that we don't have a lot of shooters. I think, even though he hadn't shot it super well from three away, teams still tend to honor him a little bit, and he kind of opened up space for DeRozan. Uh, he had actually looked very good in the preseason, and um, he'd maybe been the board best player in the preseason so far. It seemed like he's a little more comfortable in his war. Billy Donovan and I've kind of talked about the trying to play him more like he would played in Orlando, kind of mm. feed him more in the post, not just shooting him at a pick-and-pop guy. And he looked right. much better playing that kind of – we're feeding him in the post. People are cutting. He had a very good pass or very underrated pass Um So what are your thoughts on Vucevic? Do you think maybe giving him more post-up, kind of playing him more like he 
what you did in Orlando and not just using him as a pick and pop guy. Do you think that could help him and maybe he could have a bounce back season kind of? Yeah, yeah. Using him more as like a, a, a playmaker than a play finisher in some ways, like using him as that hub, you know, out of the post or out of the high post, um, hitting cutters, looking to score, like like you said, more like he was in Orlando. Yeah, I think if you're just using him as like a pick and pop guy or like a spot up guy or just purely a floor spacer, um, you're underutilizing him. He's got a lot more. He's a very underrated passer and a dominant interior scorer you know when he gets the touches he's I watched him for years in Orlando man that guy like he I was usually rooting against them like I know when they would play the Celtics or something like he he was like a nightmare um felt like he never missed so I mean he's a very skilled offensive player and it's like yeah he's got his shortcomings on the defensive end um he's not a, a rim protector he's not switchable like he's he's not a an above average defensive center that's for sure so he's certainly below average but when you have a guy like that out there, man, he's just got to make up for it on the other end. And if you're not using him to his fullest capability on the other end, that's where it starts to be like, okay, like is his net value even a positive now? And it's like, I mean, part of it, like he does need to shoot the ball better, but like, I don't, I try not to read too much into like single season percentages. It's like, okay, he shot what in the low thirties from three last year, 31%, something like that. Like, I, I know he's a much better shooter than that. Like I'm not, I'm just, you know what I mean? I, I look at Vooch, I'm like, that's a 37% three-point shooter, not a 31. And I think he'll be closer to that next season. Um, but that is important. The, the value he provides the spacer is certainly important, but you don't want that to be the only thing he's doing offensively just because he can do so much more. Like he can almost be like a, a poor man's Jokic in a way as like a, as like a, as like a hub, you know, um, especially when you have all these guys that the, all these guys that can cut and, um and move off ball and, you know, I don't, I wish they had a little more shooting as a whole. Um, but again, Patrick Williams, man, like he's his number, his shooting percentages were insane last season after he came back. Um, he's a pretty damn good shooter being, maybe it's enough um, to where you don't always need Vooch to be one of those spacers. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you use him yeah. more as a playmaker. If you feel like you have enough shooting around him, maybe that's where Kobe white, you know, plays a more important role, especially with Lonzo out. Cause say what you want about Kobe, but one thing he can do is shoot the rock. So like, again, you know, if maybe, maybe you have him out there a little bit more um, and, uh, and you almost surround Vooch with, with, with shooters, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I think I, I, again, I'm not, I didn't like the trade. It's not an ideal fit, but it's like, you know, what are we going to do? We gotta, we gotta make the most of it. He is a very talented player and you got to think that there's a way to sort of optimize him um, within this system. So you know, you, you sacrifice some rim protection, but you've got one of the best offensive centers in the league. And and that's just got to – the good's got to just outweigh the bad with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Twade, looking back at it, it does shock. Um, I do yeah. think that – I do think the Twade shocking have kind of made Vucevic at a playo kind of underrated, actually. I mean, everyone just like the Twade shocks, Vucevic shocks. But I actually think he's like kind of underrated and kind of – like you were saying about him not being just a spot of guy, I think he actually shoots better from three when he kind of gets in the groove. It seems like when he's able to stall in the post a couple of times in a row and then he takes the three, I feel like that's he more of a groove, his confidence hit up. And I think that's when he started to shoot better from three too. It kind of like, I think we do just need to feature him more. One thing I've kind of thought about is, we kind of staggered Levine and DeRoe in some, so one of them had always on the court. Part of me kind of want to see, like, Vucevic and, like, maybe some of the bench guy. Maybe you have Iron Patrick Williams out there with him. So not just, like, all bench guy, but 
then you let him be like Orlando Vucevic for a time, man. I do think as he get more touches, he's better. And I, I think he's going to bounce back a little bit. Kind of similar to what I was saying with DeRozan. He relied a lot on skill. He's not very athletic. I don't think he's going to – at some point, he probably will decline. But I think – I don't think he's going to fall off the cliff here. Like, he had like a – he had a hard time dunking even even last year. I think the, he barely must show relied on skill. Um, so we're going to get into kind of the predictions portion of the pod um i'm going to ask you for a seating position and a record um do you want me to go first or do you want to go first yeah you go first i'm going to take i want to take another quick look here at the at the at the teams because i want to be i want to be as accurate as possible on this but yeah you, you go first man where do you yeah. think where do you think they're going to finish uh kind of like what we were saying um depending on the day kind of there's some days where i'm like well, like, might not mean make the play in. There are, like, other days where I'm kind of, like, why this team, like, consider so much better than us. Um, I do think – I am going to pressure this by saying kind of the Cleveland, Atlanta, Toronto, Miami group. I think I'm kind of lower on that group than consensus, and I think kind of, like – you kind of say this too sometimes. I was like, a team that don't get injured, a team that don't uh, fail to meet expectations, and maybe that team don't be the boards, but I do think one of those teams that don't be hot, one of those teams don't fail to meet expectations. Um, I'm going to go – I do think the East is going to be pretty good this year. I'm going to go seven seed. I think it's pretty optimistic, and I'm going to go – I'm going to go 44 wins. So mm-hmm. they won. They won forty six last year. I think they'll be a little worse than that, but the East is a lot better, and I think they're gonna go forty four wins and be the seven seed and be in the plan. Okay, yeah. The one thing about last year was like they, you know, based on their point differential, like they were actually a little better than they should have been. Like, like it's they you know, I, it, I was talking about this yesterday on on the pod we recorded, but like. You know, you could look at it like that, like, hey, they overachieved because they had like the differential of a 41 win team and they won 46. Or you could look at that as like, hey, they have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, two of the best clutch scorers in the league. Like they have a big advantage in close games. So like they're going to win those games with a smaller differential. So I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think that's too, I think some people make too big of a deal out of that. Um, I'm going to go ninth. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a play in team. Uh, I think they'll be. I got to say, I'll go ninth. Yeah, it's like them and the Knicks are – I'm going to I'm gonna have them above the Knicks, but I'm going to have them below Cleveland, Atlanta, Toronto, Miami. So – and that's just the way the East is, man. It's crazy. Like, you know, you just run down these teams like Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, you know, Atlanta, it's Toronto – Cavs, and then it's like so those are the ones i'd have above them in some order and then i'd have them right after that now if if it wasn't for the lonzo injury if lonzo was 100 percent healthy right now like if he had just come back like you know ready for training camp good to go um i would probably have them a little higher because before that news came out i felt like people were kind of sleeping on the bulls like writing them off like hey this was the best team in the east you know through the first half of last season um the lonzo thing bummed me out a little bit the Patrick Williams thing is like, okay, maybe he's not quite taking the jump. I had hoped because if he was, I would just think that job is his and there wouldn't even be this, any discussion about it. 
But again, like you said, maybe that's more fit. They want a guy that's a little better off ball, a guy that, you know, is a little more of like an opportunistic player, um, a guy like Javante. Maybe it's just a pure fit thing, but there's just been a couple things that have hurt my confidence a little bit in the Bulls to where, yeah, I'll go nine. And then as far as win total, that's tough. Like I'm going to say, I'm going to say they're 500, man. I'm going to say they're 41 and 41. Yeah. I'm going to say 41 wins ninth place in the East. And I hope, I hope it's better than that, but that's yeah. my prediction, but I'll be rooting for them to do better. Cause I do like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I do think some, the kind of this talk that the board got worse than they were last year. I think, like, I think it did a shame line load out. I think that's one thing. Uh, last year, we actually, in the whole NBA, had one of the worst benches in the NBA. I think of any team that made the playoffs, we had mm-hmm. the worst bench of any team that would end the playoffs. Um, and I think this year could be a lot better. We have Drummond, who I think is a huge upgrade over. I think we went from one of the worst backup channels to one of the best backup channels. Um, Dragic, the he'd wear number seven. I feel like he'd maybe a little too neat. Tony Kukoc like a little bit. I he <laughs> yeah. played kind of a similar style. Yeah, like, like a mini guard. Kukoc. Yeah. yeah, guard Tony Kukoc. Um, he he had looked pretty good. I don't think he's going to be like Miami Dragic, but I think he'll be better than what he was last year. So I think that kind of might push back it, I think. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a huge upgrade. I don't think we're like way better, but I think I'll bench it where we got better. And that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's and they they brought back Derek Jones and and Javante's emerging and yeah, I mean it was that's definitely part of it too. Is it was like it was just kind of a kind of an underwhelming off season, like for just boring for lack of a better word. Um, but I like the drumming thing as well. I don't know if the three point shooting is for real. I think that <laughs> remains to be seen. I hope it is because it's awesome. But I like drumming better than most people do. Like I think I think he's an upper tier backup center. Like he's you know I don't think there are. 10 backup centers better than Drummond, maybe not even five. Like he's, he's still one of the all-time great rebounders. Like, I don't know. I like him better than most. I get, I get, I get that he does have his, some major flaws, but I, I agree. That's a big upgrade. Um, And uh, yeah, the Dragic thing, man, if he has anything left, like if he's healthy, he's always going to be a good player. Cause he's, he's so skilled and he's so smart. So maybe it's not as bad of an off season as it kind of felt like, but that was definitely part of it for me too. Yeah. Between the Lonzo injury and kind of just, they didn't make any big significant moves, but like, again, that's where the Patrick Williams jump comes in. Cause that's one way that they can get a lot better is just in house with a guy like Patrick Williams. Uh, and, and Iota Sumu also taking big leaps. Cause those are both young guys, both have a lot of untapped upside. And, um, and so I, I do kind of see those guys as the X factor. I think we know what we're getting from most of the main guys. We know what we're getting from Caruso, um where but it's like i what if io can take a jump what if patrick williams can can jump to where he's like you know a a legit like high-end two-way starting four like i don't know um that's those would be my x factors though i wish i was more optimistic but uh (laughs) yeah i think it's the i am i feel i am kind of high on the team than a lot of people but i do think we're still a playing team um so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it played out. I think if Levine and Caruso can stay healthy, especially, um, I think I think that would that would kind of difference between us being like seven or eight or it, nine and ten. It feels like a lot has to go right. Like I talked about this with Steve a couple podcasts ago. Like it just feels like with the Bulls, a lot has to go right for them to get where they want to be, like more so than with other teams. Like they don't have as much room for error. Um, so that's, you know, a lot of that is health. 
too. So you, even if we assume Lonzo's out for a while, yeah, Levine's got to stay healthy. Caruso's got to stay healthy. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'll be, uh, I'll be rooting for him, man. And, and, uh, and hopefully we can revisit this topic in a, a month or two and be like, and they're off to this super hot start. Like they were last year. I wouldn't rule it out, man. I don't, I don't want to sleep on them, but I just can't get too optimistic. It's a weird yeah. place to be right now. With yeah. Them. yeah. I am going to say their first 20 games to us might be their hardest 20 games to us of the whole season. I think they play like the Celtics, the 76 sword and mm. the Raptors twice okay. are within their first 20 games. So I didn't look at that, but yeah, yeah. that's a, uh, yeah, that's that, that could be tough, but Hey, you know, yeah, if they can get through it above 500. They're probably in pretty good shape then. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one thing I'm going to say. If they start off a little slow, I'm not going to panic yet. That's because the middle, the late middle part is heated. That's what people eat, so they could go on a one then. So, but thanks for coming on. I doubt anyone listening doesn't listen to your podcast, but uh, if you don't, please check it out. You always say the NBA show, great show. Uh, thanks for coming on, but. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. That was fun. Let's definitely, uh, definitely do it again soon. Anytime you want to talk about a team or whatever, man, just, just let me know. And I'm, I'm down. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, bud.